I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni and Will Bryan, presented by Morris Jenkins. That's right. It's that time of the week. The Happy Half Hour podcast is presented by Morris Jenkins. And Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Kristen here, as always, with my good friends Will and Matt. And uh, guys, we have a, a lot to catch up on since the last time we spoke last Wednesday morning. Uh, number one being Scott Fitterer is officially the Panthers' new general manager. It seems like forever ago, right? We were still debating all the candidates. That that was just last week. Oh, my gosh. It was at this things, time things, last week. Things have happened. Things have happened. Wow. So I, one thing I would love to do, uh, and we'll certainly get into the people that we've, we've talked to about him and kind of what the rest of this week looks like um, as he gets settled in his role. Um, but one thing I think would be cool, because up until about a year ago, I didn't know how all this stuff worked, is like, Will, I would love for you to start out and, and myself as well in terms of how this all played out from our end. You know, because when you get the when you get the news, you got to spring into action. And, and you're one of the people that has to be I mean, you really had to be ready at any time because of the website. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that we had to do was do our best to kind of prep um, as many of these guys as possible as uh, their names kind of popped up. Um, I think one of the things that this, since usually this happens so quickly, as we kind of talked about over the last couple of weeks, um, I, I think the the two week element of it maybe kind of lulled us to sleep a little bit. But as soon as kind of we, I, I got a push uh, and then all the Slack messages, all the texts, and all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of going. So it's it's building out. It's getting as many pictures as possible. Um, it, it's it's reaching out to folks from Seattle to uh, to get in contact for 
uh, you know, bios, pictures, uh, potential interview people. But I have to um, imagine and, about this, though, is yeah. which I think is really interesting, is that I have to imagine that you can't, you know, I, I mean, we knew who the candidates were this time last week. We knew that it was uh, down to the final four. The Panthers released that um, on Panthers.com. But I have to imagine that while you're prepping, you can't get too far ahead of yourself in terms of reaching out, you just said you reached out to people in Seattle where it's like, I imagine that you can't tip your hand too much, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of try to, you, you tiptoe around it and a little bit, it was easier with some of the candidates for whom I already had some personal connections. You know, I knew some people um, with some of the other teams with uh, where those candidates were. So it was a little bit easier to kind of navigate that than maybe a team where um, you didn't have as many people that you kind of knew already in place. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think there was a little bit of kind of a, some, some blind cold emailing there with Seattle, but I mean, they, they were great. And the thing that was interesting was that all the different people I talked to, and I've heard this from everyone else. I mean, you can certainly say this is as soon as kind of the news broke, everyone was like, oh my God, you're going to love Scott. What a great guy. Oh, you know, have, now yeah. I will say oh. this. I have heard that quite a few times. But I will change it up a little bit. I was talking to Jim Nagy, who's the head of the Senior Bowl, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But he worked with um, Scott Fitterer for five years. They were you know, both in the scouting department with the Seahawks. And I'll tell you what he says, Will. Oh, my God, you're going to love Fit. So I told him yeah. my goal is to, to one day get to the level where I'm calling him Fit, too, because I think that's, that's the thing. That's how you know you're in, right? He was like, oh, Fit's oh, yeah. the greatest. And I was like, oh, Fit, I like that. So- what's what's he going to call you if you call him Fit? Kristen? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hopefully. But yeah, I mean, and yeah. Th- so things, I mean, things happen fast. I mean, that was what, Thursday night? And then we were yeah. getting getting stuff up. We, you know, we we went out with something that was a little maybe unorthodox kind of in this world, but we posted and went live with um uh, an offer that we had offered him. Not that he had accepted the offer, but just that we had offered him which I think in this uh, in the world from kind of the team side, you don't really see all that much this time of year in terms of, you know, the, the head coach announcements, the GM announcements, all that kind of stuff. But knowing that that new story was going to be everywhere else. And it was true. We had offered him. Um, so I think we kind of made a little, some waves there from a Panthers.com, you know, Panthers social, just kind of our whole, our whole set of accounts that we announced that. And then four hours later, later that night, um, we're able to follow back up and said that he agreed to terms. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it was a really interesting sort of set of hours there of of doing something that maybe we weren't exactly expecting because we hadn't done it before. And I think a lot of kind of the professional media and the NFL world were a little surprised by that, too. I like it, though. And, and so I had a I had a front row seat to all of those uh, conversations. You know, we're all on the on the same um, text chains or Slack chains. Um, but but I really get to look at it um, from a completely detached perspective because that's not, you know, social and and the website are not necessarily my world unless I'm I'm hosting something for one of those places. Um, but it, so it was interesting for me to see kind of how that discussion played out. And, you know, I think, like you said, people are like, oh, this is this is new and this is different. But as you said, uh, s- stories are out there and you have to be when you're the team, you have to. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, this is happening. You can't just like tweet out like, hey, this is happening, by the way. It's got to be, you know, very specific. <laughs> and the, the specificity there was 
um, the Panthers have extended a, a formal offer. And by that point, at least in my own experience, as someone who's had contracts before, certainly I can't speak to the, I was not in the negotiation room here, but that's, okay. that's you know, both sides at that point are um, on board. And then there's, you know, a, yeah. a more formal process. And that, that does by no means, um, that by no means does it mean that, that he's still taking some time Usually it's like, okay, yeah, like, let's do this. And then there's, like, the formal process of it. And I thought it was very cool that um, the Panthers were updating every step of the way. Because, as you said, Will, a lot of times as as a team, you don't always get to do that because you have to really, especially when it involves negotiations, really stick to the facts. Whereas someone else can have a a report out from sources. Um, Can't do that on the official Panthers Twitter. No, I mean, and I think that that's been part of the goal over the last three or four years really is to kind of continue to keep pushing, pushing those limits, pushing those boundaries of, of what this world is and essentially of the Panthers um, and our official voices, our official accounts, our official platforms really being in the mix of the way that a fan uh, understands and is informed about this team. You know, we want fans to not only just subscribe to, the different media outlets and their pushes, but you know, if they get it from us, they're getting it from us at the same time. Um, and they're, they're being informed about it. And then hopefully from, you know, yourself and from Bill both and Darren Gant and from, you know, our reporters, Panther stat guy, Panther stats uh, guy, excuse me. Maybe, maybe, you know, but like that from that within this group of really getting good insight and understanding why this, not that, um, and, and trying to, to not just hear, you know, a potential hot take or, you know, a clickbait link, but really, you know, stepping through, this is why this is happening. And these are the reasons behind it. And this is why you should be excited about it. Or even, you know, saying this is why this didn't work. Um, and and this is what, you know, what the organization is going to try to do to fix it. You know, I think throughout the season, you know, I think we were trying to be as honest as possible. You know, I wasn't only just giving stats that, uh, that were the good ones, you know, mm-hmm. we, we said, these are the things that, that aren't very good. And these are the things that they're going to keep talking about and working on. And this is, you know, what they are. And I, I think that honesty and that, that openness um, hopefully has, has been good for our fans and um, maybe attracted some new ones. I think that's certainly a better way to break news than I think it was the Falcons not too long ago that said sources say we're close to doing something and it was the Falcons own page. So they were, they didn't even, they were the team yet they were using sources. I wonder who their sources were. (laughs) Right. And, and that, and that's because they're so there, if you don't really have good alignment internally and you don't have people that are um, the power brokers in the room vouching for, Hey, Oh, by the way, I need confirmation on what we can do on our social channels, you know, when you're, when you're kind of a two far steps outside of that process, you, you kind of have to play a little bit safer. And we, we've got some really important people um, that have, that have really vouched for the, uh, the ability to do this. And I, I think it's, it's invaluable are, I mean, it might seem like a small little niche. Oh, you know, who cares? Like four hours later, they said it and I heard it anyway. So I knew about it, but I, I think it does make a difference um, a little bit when, the team and us and when we can all kind of be a part of the conversation um, earlier rather than later. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think we should make it clear that we're not saying that the Falcons or any other team doesn't have that backing from their um, higher ups. I just think that for us, for the Panthers, um, you know, cause we don't know what's going on in any other right. organization, oh, right. but I think for the Panthers, we have been lucky and we've all felt it um, to have 
people who um, are higher up who really value transparency and um, keeping fans in the know in an honest way and and trying to do it you know as quickly as possible um, all throughout the season and I think that's been incredible for me to come into and and see it happen in real time because I'm still a fan you know and so when it, there's something like this that happens that I'm not directly involved in you know we expect to do uh, you know I've done interviews with people who who know Scott Fitterer expect to be talking to him soon but really when it comes to the breaking news like this that goes on the website I got to sit back and see how it all happened and it's very cool for me as someone who was a fan of this organization before coming into work here um to see all that play out in real time and the commitment to uh, keeping the fans in the loop and and not letting the story go by just because we have to be a lot more buttoned up about the way in which we express things and how, you know, it's an important part of every conversation is, you know, we got, we got to put this out there. Like we got, we got to put this out there for the fans. So I think that's awesome. So since we've put it out for the fans, what are the things that you feel like you've learned um, from all of your conversations um, from the people you've talked to, from the people that Darren Gann has talked to um, over the last week about Scott Fitterer? Yeah, I think this is going to sound cheesy, um, but it's the truth. Like, I'm not just saying this. This is really the truth. It's it's really what you said earlier, Will, is when you said people are like, oh, my gosh, you're going to love him. And talking to people on video and, and seeing their faces, you know, uh, Darren's done a lot of phone conversations. I'm sure he's had some video conversations as well. But seeing a, f- a few of the people, the, the Sam Farmers, who's a good family friend of him, as well as being just an amazing NFL writer for the L.A. Times and um, um Jim Nagy uh, of the Senior Bowl, as I mentioned, their face like lights up, you know, mm-hmm. like he, they just have a smile talking about him. And you can tell that it's deeper um, than just a, a professional relationship. And I, I think that's pretty cool. And just, you know, Sam Farmer talked to me about him being just like such a good guy. And uh, yeah. Sam Farmer said, you know, I, I was texting with a colleague the other day and he said, sometimes in this industry, there are people who are great at their jobs, but not necessarily the most genuine people. Um, and you see them go on to succeed. And he said, it's, it's kind of rare um, that you see a, a guy that you just know, man, this is a good dude that everyone is going to like. And also he's going to do his job so incredibly well. And so I, I've gotten that sense, Will. Um, and I don't know if that, I, I think that's also come through on, on the articles and, and the people that Darren has talked to as well. And that seems to be the general consensus is like for the purposes of this hire, no one has a, a bad word to say. Everyone is so incredibly complimentary of the job that he's going to do. And so Panthers fans should be excited about that. But then in addition to that, he seems like a real good dude. And everyone I've talked to has mentioned his wife, whose name is Cherish, his kids. Like, you can tell that that stuff is, um, and those are, you know, uh, former coworkers or a writer who used to cover him who developed into a family friend. And so I think there's a, that's told me a lot about him. And so, um, as Sam Farmer said, it's cool to see good people, you know, from everything we've heard, succeed at this high level. And I, I think uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to know him better. The One of the quotes from um, John Schneider, who's the GM of the Seahawks, who was Fitter's boss over the last what, decade or so, mm-hmm. um, told Darren, and I quote, first thing he told Darren, you guys are going to kick ass. <laughs> That's awesome. It'll be a really fun culture. Can I say that on the podcast? Is, just that, did? is that allowed? Okay. Matt's Sorry. nodding his head. Okay. I mean, I, we'll I think put it that, on Matt. Just, if we get fine, Matt's going to take care of it in right. cash. It's on my, it's on my back. So. <laughs> that, that just speaks to, I mean, that's the first thing that he said when he, you know, talked to this writer from the Panthers. Oh man, you guys are going to kick ass. Like 
he was so excited to talk about who Scott is and what Scott's going to do. Well, so um, much of it is I, is relationships, right? I mean, yep, especially coming yep. up through the scouting world, it's it's relationships, and that's what we've heard a lot about. And I'm yeah, sure that's – oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I mean, and I was saying, I mean, it, in some ways it's almost it's, – it's kind of sad that, like, he's walking into this sort of COVID world you know, we're like, I, I, I want to get in there and meet him, you know, and, you know, you want all these other people to kind of be around him because he seems like that this person that in the pre COVID world where he could really kind of uh, have this, you know, tight knit community and have all these people really relating and being close and being in physical proximity to each other, that that's just a world where he thrives. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we can, we can quickly get back to, to that world and, um, and, and kind of utilize some of those, those aspects of him. But like one of the things that I think uh, kind of moving, moving forward of, you know, what our fans want to know is, okay, so drafts coming up in three months, senior bowls next week, like what is this guy's approach? And I think that one of the things that, uh, that Schneider again said was that he's really calm and really level and even um, it has this kind of level-headed spirit to him. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see how that takes place both within kind of a draft weekend scenario um, and in the ways that he kind of handles his scouting department. It's funny. Jim Nagy said the exact same thing. Um, he called him a calming influence. He tweeted it, and it got a lot of um, got a lot of buzz. And he said, you know, he's he was such a calming influence in the draft room. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone described that way. And he said, well, hey, I just want to I just want to make it known as I was talking to him. He was like, the rest of us weren't crazy. Like we didn't need like we didn't necessarily need the calming influence. But that's how he described him. Um, yeah. So that's really interesting. We got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like the co-director with Trent Kirshner. Yep. Um, who also used to work for the Panthers back in the day. And um, Schneider kind of called them fire and ice a little bit that Kirshner was, was kind of the fire and kind of really, you know, pushed the limits and was, and then uh, Scott was more the ice of, of kind of pulling, pulling things back and really centering where, where things needed to be. Um, and, and this, yeah, again, this calming influence. And I think you look at the success of these Seahawks drafts and a big, notable thing that sticks out to everybody is their ability to trade back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something, you know, obviously it probably wasn't just Scott pulling the trigger on that. It was a group effort. Um, but, you know, this propensity to trust the work that they've done, that they had done with their scouting, with the way they set up their draft board and knowing that they could still find value and find really good value by trading back and doing it correctly and doing it well. Um, which will be really interesting to see, you know, what, is he, what does he do with the eighth overall pick? What does he do in the second and third round? Um, you know, how, you know, he's found a bunch of guys that have been starters and really big contributors for the Seahawks, you know, after the third and fourth round, you know, and he, he really feels that there's a lot of value to be found there. Um, and that's something that I think the Panthers haven't always had in recent years, um, you know, late round draft picks that have really flourished. So, uh, that that'll be something I think everyone's really looking forward to. Yeah, and so let's let's continue that. Let's start to look ahead after we take a quick break right now. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. 
We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. All right, well, you, you brought it up, and I, I think it's it's so smart. As we look forward, I mean, he he's going to come in and be thrown right into it. Not that, I mean, not, not that that's something he's not prepared for at all, gonna, but he's going to go right into the Senior Bowl because the Panthers coaching staff will be one of the staffs that's co- uh, that are coaching in this game, and, and that starts really this weekend, even though the game is not until next weekend because it's a, a full week. Um, but, but what a great opportunity for... Um, Fitterer and this coaching staff to get so much time with these guys. And, and we saw over this week, uh, Mac Jones, it was announced yesterday, the Alabama quarterback is not only going to be down there with several um, other guys from that championship team, but um, he's also going to be on the Panthers uh, team. So what a great opportunity for everyone to just uh, hit the ground running and start, especially this year when, you know, the combine situation is different. The offseason will be different, um, and, and the draft is really right around the corner in terms of, you know, NGM terms, it's right around the corner. Oh, yeah. I mean, this next week is vital. It's going to be very, very important, and obviously there's going to be plenty of potential prospects that won't be at the Senior Bowl that weren't necessarily seniors or invited. Um, but so far, they've announced most of the offensive groupings. Um, I think probably by the time you hear this, they'll have announced some of the defensive groupings. But so far, what we know I think the biggest thing that stands out, obviously, is, as you said, Mac Jones, um, uh, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mann, and Jamie Newman are the quarterbacks that the Panthers will have on their side. Um, Trask, obviously, from Florida, had a big year. Kellen Mann, Texas A&M. Jamie Newman, a name, he was at Wake Forest and then was going to transfer to Georgia, uh, but then ended up opting out of the 2020 season. So, yeah, Jim um, Nagy told me that he thinks he's the most. Yeah, yeah, he's he's probably the biggest question mark. I don't want to quote him verbatim. He might not have said question mark, but he's the the biggest unknown, I guess, um, unknown commodity coming into this because of opting out. So what a great opportunity for for them to get time with all of these guys. A lot of different right. skill sets, different yeah. players um, in that quarterback group. And and I think so much of what Panther fans are looking at is that eighth pick and, you know, what do you do right there? And I, I think... Yeah. What's critical is what do you do after it? Because getting some of these guys and some of these guys end up maybe being second and third round type guys um, and really understanding what's there, what's out there. You know, it's not just about finding your guy, but it's about finding who, you know, really understanding what other teams may be looking at, what you might know that another team doesn't. Um, One of the things I really took out of your interview with Jim yesterday um, on Panthers.com, please check it out, is is what he said, the like all the coaches and staffs are down there. Everyone's down there, and they're all doing interviews, and they're all watching practice from the sidelines. But what they don't get to see is meetings, who shows up early, who, who shows up late, how guys respond in meetings, how they're interacting with coaches, how they interact during drills, how they interact after practice. Those are really – very exclusive sort of things that you get for an entire week just with this set of players that none of the other 30 teams are going to look at. Well, and we'll, get to don't you get the sense that it couldn't be a more perfect fit with this Panthers coaching staff? Because Matt Rule, Phil Snow, they will they will say this as a point of pride that they are a developmental staff, that they mm-hmm. they want to be referred to as that. You know, they give in practice um, their twos and threes get – just as many reps they get way more reps than on a a normal NFL team with the thinking being 
these twos and threes could could become our ones by the end of the season. And, and we certainly saw that play out in a variety of different ways. They also uh, substitute liberally on the lines. So we're seeing a lot more players um, in the mix. And we saw them really develop that that young rookie draft class and, and some of the undrafted free agents. You know, I talked to, to Matt Rule not too long ago, and he talked about the Miles Hartsfields and the Joe Charltons. And so I, I just think it's a perfect fit. Uh, you know, even if even if things weren't so complicated this year, but they are of of a team and a coaching staff that likes to develop young talent, get in there and see all the things that that you were just talking about that Jim Nagy said, you know, who's who's here to learn, who's willing to take coaching, who do we think we see something in that maybe other people might have missed because we're going to get to have these practices with them. So I, I just think it's a perfect fit. I mean, let's be real. You can you can absolutely hit on the perfect first-round pick and could be an incredible Pro Bowl starter. And at any moment, you might have to go to his backup. You just don't know um, in this league. I mean, you look around the NFL playoffs right now. I mean, there's, there's plenty of evidence of needing depth and needing really good depth. Um, and that's what successful NFL teams are able to do. I mean, you have to have great starters, but you have to have really good guys backing them up. So like, as we look a couple of the other position groups, this one, it's not the sexy one. It's not the one that maybe casual fans may know about, but Alex Leatherwood, uh, Google that name. He was the um, left tackle for Alabama the last several years, uh, one unanimous All-American, the Outland Trophy. Um, I know there's a lot of talk of, uh, you know, some potential, I mean, what, four free agents on the offensive line. So the offensive line will certainly be a a point of emphasis this offseason. And you have Leatherwood, you have Deontay Brown. um, Also, he's an interior lineman from Alabama. Trey Smith, an interior lineman from Tennessee. All of these guys are in the top five or five or ten of the best offensive linemen in this draft class. And they're all going to be on Carolina's team. Um, at the Super Bowl or at the Senior Bowl, so I, I think that that will be a big point of um, point of interest in you know seeing what these guys are about and and really how they do in some of these drills and what their ability is to pick up uh, different formations and, and take coaching. So um, that'll be something I it's it's not the sexiest thing for sure, but it's um, it's vitally important, and I think this will be a huge edge for Carolina's coaching staff. And also, just Alex Leatherwood, one of the best football names you know what I mean like it's I always think about football names and I'm like wow like that's a great one um yeah like Slay like plays for Lions right Darius Slay yeah so good and I just think Leatherwood like that just like you know even if you didn't know him and you said Alex Leatherwood left tackle like even if you didn't watch Alabama you'd be like oh that guy means business right like it just commands respect Chant Bailey I always love that name yep Going. That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll mock draft so, yeah, football I mean, names after this. Uh, no, oh, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's next week. Um, so a couple other names just before we move on. Um, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, he, they announced he will be there. He won't be doing um, active drills. He's on the Miami side. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll participate He'll speakers, participate in yeah. meetings, but we will not see him right. out on the field. Right. But they will see Cornell Powell, Amari Rogers, uh, two wide receivers from Clemson. Um, that some uh, fans in the region may know pretty well. Uh, they'll be on Carolina's side. Um, and then another kind of local name that uh, some fans in North Carolina may know is Noah Gray, mm-hmm. um, tight end from Duke. Uh, he, so what did Jim said that he was the best practice player since Peyton Manning? Well, he's, we got to clarify. Um, so Jim told me that 
David Cutcliffe told him. So I, you know, let's be on. I think that makes it even sure. ten times better. Um, so Jim's not saying he's the best practice player since um, Peyton Manning, David Cutcliffe, who was Peyton Manning's coach, um, said that he was the most the most committed practice player since Peyton Manning, or like around that area, like the closest he's ever seen. Which I just I don't think you can get a better compliment than that, right? <laughs> it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Uh, to see what what he can do and and it's you know certainly a, a position that you have to think the Panthers at, at tight end um are, are looking at so like I said I just think it's it's a perfect marriage this Panthers coaching staff going down there and getting to work with not just as you said like the other teams uh, see these guys but getting to work with these young guys yep and, it, and and hopefully you know there'll be some good defensive players out there too you know I I think everyone figures that this draft is going to be all offense since last year was all defense but they're they're still looking everywhere, and I think there's still a lot of places to be found. Um, yeah, it's not like you have to switch. Stuff. Like just because we did, no, you don't just because the Panthers did all defense last year, it's not right. like well, it's time time for the all offensive you know, draft. I, I yeah, I mean, I think you can still there's still probably some places of need. Um, you know, on on all levels, I mean, you know, I think know, so. especially probably at linebacker. Um, you know, maybe at cornerback or at safety. Um, I I think you can still find uh, some young guys that need to be be filling in there as well. Completely agree. All right, you're listening to the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. And Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit MorrisJenkins.com. All right, well, to round us out, you have come up with the weird question of the week. That's true. Do you want to say it? Yes. So this is the Senior Bowl Mm -hmm. where all of these seniors from college are going to work out for the NFL. So I'm thinking, what was I doing January of my senior year um, when I was in college? And what bowl game would I have been invited to go to? Um, what would I have the been? Bad uh, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Best, right? That's, that's it. That's the one. So, yeah. So what what bowl would we have been invited to as seniors? What would we have been um, uh, an elite member of? So that that's my question. You go first. I think the first I think the first thing that you're assuming is that I was an elite member of anything in January <laughs> of my senior year of of college. Um It's a dangerous assumption. Yeah, I would say <laughs> if I had to choose though I think it's got to be the quiz bowl. I love a, I love okay. a trivia. I always love trivia. Watch Jeopardy all the time <laughs> and get very serious about it. And Matt, you know I like crosswords. So like I just crosswords. um I'm not, I was never physically gifted enough to like be super competitive at any sport because I was just never good enough. But let me tell you what, you put me in a, you put me in a trivia thing. You put me in a a quiz thing. I I get competitive. (laughs) I love it. Have you watched the new show um, with Ken Jennings and those guys, The Chase? No. It's this like, it's essentially all the best winners from Jeopardy that are taking people on and then just kind of like a. Jeopardy type show. It's pretty cool. Ooh, you should look okay, at it. Okay, I will check that out. I will play. I'll play along. <laughs> All right, who's next? I gotta. I gotta hear Will's first before I can give mine because I don't think. I don't think I have one that's exceptional. <laughs> Bill or Bill? Will go. Matt's nervous. So Matt's I, nervous right now. I, I ascribe. I ascribe to that that uh, 
kind of crazy Malcolm Gladwell theory. What is it? 10,000 hours makes you an expert at something? Yes. Or 100,000 hours? It's 10,000. 10, I don't know if we... 100,000. <laughs> You're really an expert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't... I certainly didn't spend 10,000, but I probably spent more than I should have. Um, I took a class in college called Interactive Digital Narratives. Um, it was a video game class. It was I love just a that name. You don't you love games. when a when a class has a name like that? Yeah. That's awesome. Interactive Digital Narratives. How incredible is that? So, so yeah, so that was um, that was a class I took, uh, I think, end of my junior year. So going into senior year, my my project for it was the uh, I can't remember the mode name now, but it's essentially where you go from high school to like all American. I remember you talking about this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would I'd be the wrong person to know the name of it, but I remember, I remember. you briefly saying this. Yep. So yeah, so I, I felt like I put a lot of hours into that and got pretty good at play calling and I mean, you know, everyone can play video games, but that was one of the ones I, I felt like I was, I, I could take most, most comers in both my class and my, uh, my, my, my dorm hall. So I, I would be invited to the bowl of NCAA 2007. Love it. I, I got to say, I did Google it while you were talking a hundred thousand hours is 11 and a half years approximately. Golly. So <laughs> yeah, you could be on no. your way. I mean, you could be on your way. But uh, I think it's definitely 10,000 hours is, the, um, is the, uh, the one that everyone knows about. All right, Matt, you were nervous earlier. You called Will Bill. What do you got for your bull? <laughs> I'd probably say wasting time. I'm good at that. I don't know. I've um, probably wasted 10,000 hours of time. Yeah, yeah that, I get that. I can definitely take a good amount of time and just do nothing with it. Yeah. Um, especially in college, I did a lot of nothing. Um, I, lo- I like that one. I I would say that, but if I have to get specific, something I was good at and put a lot of time in was Super Smash Brothers, the, okay. the game for yeah. the Nintendo. So I, me and my friends probably have put in at least a few thousand hours into that, so... I'm pretty good at that, I suppose. But. Yeah. So you look, you got these, you've got these guys going into the senior bowl, you know, top of their their class, great at their craft, perfecting it. A lot of them will be going pro, making tons of money. But I tell you what, are they, you know, the champions of the quiz bowl, the wasting time slash uh, Super Smash Brothers bowl, or what is it, NCAA football 2007? No, I think not. So really, who's to say who's doing better in January of your senior year of college? Us back in the day or them right now? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Feels pretty even to me. I agree. Yes. I think Will left. (laughs) Will's like, yeah, we're done. I could totally do better at college football in a fake way, playing fake versions of them than they did of them actual, their actual selves in real life. I'll take any of them on in Jeopardy. I'll tell you that. So, So Will, I have to ask, what is your favorite NCAA football game? Like year? Yeah. Because I have oh. I have two, and I'm wondering what yours is. Uh, I mean, that one I played a lot because I think that was the first version that had. That's like, the one the with Reggie school. Bush on the cover, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it was the next year. Um, I'm so bad at this. Mine was uh, 03. Yeah. What was which one was 03? 03, was I believe, had Joey Harrington on the cover. The Oregon. Oh, I never played that one. And no, then 05 like with Larry Fitzgerald, also oh. a close second. Oh yeah. But yeah. anyway, yeah, so I, was I just think curious. I was definitely Reggie Bush. Yeah, I was Reggie Bush. I think that is the Reggie Bush cover, 07. I'm I could probably name out. all the covers. That's unfortunate. That's all right, well, that's cool. next week. So at the end of next week, you got to go from, from most recent to least recent. I can do that. Timed. I won't even look it up. <laughs> Love it. All right, well, tune in for that next week. Uh, thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week on the Happy Half Hour Podcast.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.